Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week one, day three of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah chapter 2. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word to be reading today from the NIV. This is Isaiah 2, starting in verse 1. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains. Pausing right there. This is one of the most difficult phrases in scripture to nail down. What does it mean by the last days? When Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, he quotes the prophet uh, Joel. And uh, and he says, you know, Joel prophesied about this. And Joel's prophecy said, in the last days, you know, my men servants and maid servants, they will see they will prophesy, they'll see visions, dream dreams, young and old, men and women. Uh, Peter gets up and, and, and says, that's fulfilled today, right? He's saying on the day of Pentecost, which is almost 2000 years ago from right now, he's saying that's the last days. And it's like, we've been in the last days since then. So there's, there's very interesting applications to this, right? The last days or the day of the Lord, all of these things, there's there's kind of like a, a broad general sense of the last days and the day of the Lord. Uh, those last days are <laughs> some very long time frame, but then there's also very technical uh, description of the last days. That's, you know, apocalypse, that's book of revelation stuff. That's the last of the last days. And so understanding when we read these things, understanding exactly what Isaiah is talking about specifically or technically can be a bit challenging at times. And as we read through it, when we get into the context of it, very often it becomes clear exactly what Isaiah is talking about, or exactly what the Lord is, is alluding to. Um, when he says something like in the last days. And so by the time we get to the end of chapter two, we should have a pretty good understanding of what the Lord is speaking about in this particular passage. All right, continuing on. It will be exalted above the hills and the nations will stream to it. Verse three, many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Okay, so here we're starting to get the little bit of the context of what the last days is talking about. And this is almost certainly talking about some period of time where there is righteous rulership in Jerusalem, like pure righteous rulership, where nations won't attack nations anymore. This sounds like the thousand year reign of Jesus on earth from Jerusalem when he comes and he will actually physically reign in the city of Jerusalem for a thousand years where there are still nations and there's still all of the, the normal human things. We're not in eternity yet is what it's sounding like, but it's where there is perfect righteousness being ruled from Jerusalem. But we are still experiencing this 
this world where there are nations and all of these things going on sounds like that thousand year reign of Jesus. Continuing on verse five, come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. You Lord have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob. They're full of superstitions from the East. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. Their land is full of silver and gold. There is no end to their treasures. Their land is full of horses. There is no end to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their fingers have made. So the people will be brought low and everyone humbled. Do not forgive them. Okay, so we we shifted gears all of a sudden. This is one of the things that makes Isaiah a little bit difficult, right? We're talking about how there's going to be this city that's going to be perfect peace and there's going to be perfect rulership and nation won't take up nation against one another anymore. And then we shift gears and all of a sudden we're talking about how all of these people are wicked and terrible and how the Lord is going to destroy them. We're actually asking, you know, these imprecatory prayers here where, where uh, you know, where, you know, Isaiah is, the Lord is calling uh, for for this destruction, right? Um, they need to go. They're terrible. Um, and so uh, you know, the, the, the last line there is do not forgive them, right? Um, and so what are we talking about now? Are we still talking about the same thing? Have we moved on to something different? This is where Isaiah gets really, really challenging. But again, if we just slow down and keep reading. And this is one of the reasons why reading 10 times in 10 weeks is so powerful is you read it and you have these questions. If you just don't stop, if you don't quit, if you don't say, well, I can't understand it. Or if you don't jump over to Google real quick and ask what everyone says about this, if you just, just keep reading over and over, it actually starts to make more sense with every new reading, every time you start to see the context, you start to see how these things work together. Now, sometimes, not every time, but you you really start to get a lot of your questions answered. Verse 10, go into the rocks, hide in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. The eyes of the arrogant will be humbled and the human pride brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Verse 12, the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. For all the cedars of Lebanon, tall and lofty, and all the oaks of Bashan, for all the towering mountains and all the high hills, for every lofty tower, every fortified wall for every trading ship and every stately vessel. The arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols will totally disappear. So again, we're starting to see, okay, maybe this is more of a cohesive passage and we're starting to see both the good and the terrible side of the day of the Lord. In the last days. This is a phrase, this is a concept that's all throughout scripture. Now, this really helps to understand Isaiah if you've read the book of Revelation or if you have any idea of some of the the, the main narratives, some of the big picture things that are going on in those last days, right? Understanding, I think there, there is a thousand year reign of Jesus in Jerusalem. Then there is this rebellion of, of Satan himself on the earth. Um, and then there's the eternal reign of God 
in the eternal city, Jerusalem. There's also the, the, the last days of earth where there's, you know, the great tribulation and all the plagues and the antichrist and all of these things going on in these last days. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but the overall narrative is that the Lord is bringing about righteousness and destroying wickedness on planet earth. That's the overarching thing. And there's a whole bunch of stuff happening, understanding that overall narrative and a few of the the details about what's going on during that time period helps us understand how to place some of these things that Isaiah is talking about. And so we understand here that the Lord is talking about actually the run up to when Jesus is sitting on the throne in Jerusalem for that thousand year reign, right? There's like the Lord alone will be exalted in Jerusalem on that day. All of this, this human pride, all of these wicked things are going to be done away with. All right, so we're talking about that cataclysmic time at the end of the age. This is bigger than any historical context that we could try and shoehorn this into, right? And that's the, the difficult thing to, to understand sometimes. Sometimes the prophecies are about historical events that have already happened in the past. And maybe they'll have some implication for the future, but they're primarily fulfilled in, in things that have already happened, at least for us. For Isaiah, they hadn't happened yet, but for us, they've already happened. And understanding the context of that can be somewhat challenging at times, but we're going to go through that. We're going to try and, and walk through that together. Verse 19, People will flee in the rocks or flee to caves in the rocks and to holes in the ground from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty. When he rises to shake the earth in that day, people will throw away to the moles and bats, their idols of silver and idols of gold, which they may have made to worship. They will flee to caverns in the rocks and to the overhanging crags from the fearful presence of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he rises to shake the earth. Stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in esteem? Now again, we know from the book of Revelation, John alludes to it once and says it very specifically another time. And in John chapter or in Revelation chapter one, John says, listen, like, you know, the the we'll see Jesus returning in the clouds, and every single person will hide away in fear. All of, essentially all of the people who have rebelled against Jesus, they will hide in fear. And then later we get more specific about that in the book of Revelation. It actually says the kings, everyone on planet earth, including the kings, including the people in charge, they will go and try and hide under rocks. They will hide in caves. They will find literally places in mountains and caves underground where they can hide from the presence of the Lord. It's so terrifying. If you've rebelled against him. Now, if you haven't rebelled against him, you're going to get to enter into this righteousness. But if you've rebelled against him, you're going to find yourself at odds with him and in terrible, terrible fear. And so that's, that's what all of this chapter is about. We're talking about that day of the Lord, that thing that we're looking forward to when the Lord returns, when Jesus comes to earth and he establishes perfect righteousness and perfect justice on the earth. That's going to be a good day. Now there's, there's cataclysm, right? There is evil and good coming together at the same time. And, and the darkness hates the light. And when you, you flip that light switch on. In this case, there's a, there's a cataclysmic clash between 
righteousness and wickedness between the people who have allied themselves with God and those who have set themselves against him. And that's the day that we're talking about. It's a a day of gladness, a day of righteousness. It's a good day for those of us who believe in him, whose hearts are humble before the Lord. It's a very bad day if we have set ourselves against the Lord. So our prayer and our hope is that we can convince as many people as possible to humble themselves before the Lord before that day. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.